Hello there, everyone, and welcome to Always Bet on Geek. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs> Hashtag Graveyard Shade forever. Ready to form Voltron. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Always Bet on Geek. What's up, everybody? This is Marshall, Squishy Now Sync on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Welcome to another episode of Always Bet on Geek. We're here with an action-packed show for you. Well, I don't know about all that, really. I, I... But anyway, I'll pass you over to my, what is it, the Friendly Neighborhood co-host? That is correct. The Graveyard hey, Shade. <laughs> the Graveyard Shade. The Midnight Apparently. Shade. Apparently... Old nicknames never die. Racist. They, they just hibernate and slumber deep under the ocean. And when the hour is struck, they shall rise once again. Hey guys, what's up? This is your friendly neighborhood co-host Pat down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State. And like my esteemed co-host said, welcome to another episode of Always Bet on Geek. We do it all for you. We do it all for you. And introducing what I consider our now permanent co-host. He's made the transition from guest star to actually having a intro credit when the episode opens. Let's give a warm welcome to the mystic of the mojo. What up, Rye? Yo, 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 yo. What's up, y'all? Glad to be here. <laughs> what? I gotta bring the energy, man. Yeah, bring Otherwise, it, man. Bring it. I just sound like this, talking about my life. It's <laughs> so wonderful. No, no, no. So yeah, man, I gotta bring it. I gotta step up, and I gotta be hippity hoppity about it. Because, as Ryan, A.K.A. Mystic Mojo, I'm the new blood. I'm the young life. I'm the fresh breeze blown through this podcast. Third wheel, this A B O G. Well, I mean, if we were the three bears, I guess. Marshall would be the one that is kind of he's kind of tired right now. He's kind of sleepy. He kind of sounds down like this. And Ryan, you would be woohoo! I'm ready to go. I'm hyper. Let's do this. And I am the calm middle, the statesman, the one who holds it all together. Yeah. yeah Wait, I'm, what's the difference between you and Marshall? I'm, I'm the am, I'm the papa bear. He's the mama bear. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like <laughs> to me. That's totally too. fine. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Continue with your analogy, Pat. I love it. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? You know what? No. I'll take that because it is a sad fact in our society that we consider women or mamas to be lesser or weaker. So you know what? I am the mama bear of ABOG. So are, are you admitting to being weaker and lesser then? 
<laughs> Actually, I wasn't implying any of that. The joke was subtly construed into the statements that we were making, but in all honesty, I agree. The Mystic Mojo has always believed in the power, beauty, and magnificence of women. But please, do continue. As do I, which is the point I was trying to make. You fuckers. Hey, don't say fuckers. <laughs> you were the one who, uh, no, uh-uh. Not me, man. <sighs> it wasn't me. All right, Nick. Now that we've started off in the weeds, maybe we can get on topic. Well, I mean, we may be spending most of this podcast at least ankle deep, maybe waist deep in the weeds, because as you and Marshall have admitted, y'all have no topics really. Marshall wants to discuss the Umbrella Academy, which he just said before we started the podcast today, and you yourself have said... I have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, once again, it falls to the mama bear to bring it all in and to make it work. I'm here. That's not something that I'm you here. want to start hashtagging, Pat. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> I mean, the the diva yes, diva no thing almost caught on. That was that was going to be bad right there. But hashtag mama bear Pat, that's not... Uh, Hashtag Mama Diva. Mama, <laughs> Mama Diva. Diva. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, I think it is appropriate because, well, I'm about to tie it all in to make it even tougher in the edit because I think it is appropriate to claim the mantle of Mama Bear during International Women's Day when we're about to go see Captain Marvel, the first female hero that will hold down her own Marvel blockbuster coming out this week. It's part of the reason why I want to discuss Captain Marvel for this Always Been On Geek topic day, along with the Umbrella Academy, because that show is so awesome, and it surprised me because every episode got better. And I would also like to touch on the official... Um, Game of Thrones trailer for oh, yeah. the final season which looks badass but I don't think Ryan have you even seen any episode of Game of Thrones oh come on man you really you throwing out and calling me out of my Game of Thrones card well, I thought we on ABOG sounded well, like it well I thought we had sounded this like talk it. before I thought you admitted that you had it that you hadn't seen an episode because Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. So if I'm wrong, it's I all apologize. Good. I it's all good. We'll just label this episode, episode, blah, 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 the miscommunications. Yes. I actually have seen, uh, I think, four seasons of it. Okay. But I honestly am not a fan of the show. And I know as soon as those words are heard in the public, I will be put up on an effigy and burned alive. That's Fuck fine. Fuck the public, I'll burn you myself. <laughs> right. I personally have a dislike for how the narration is told to the audience, and I'm not going to go into all the details of it now, but I think that it, as, as a writer, which I am, I think that the way the story is presented is done in a way that's insulting to the audience. So I have an intellectual. Wait, wait, beef wait! You can't. You can't just drop that bomb 
on what on a show that has won multiple Emmys, and you right. say that like, and you have. So I'll, okay, I'll back up why I think that yes. way. That doesn't make it right. It's just how I feel about it. Oh, and plus, like, let's go ahead and establish that I'm not hating. Like, art is subjective, but I am intrigued by why you think that. Fair enough. So they may have changed it in later seasons and i haven't read the book so i don't know if this applies to how the author actually writes the the words down on paper but as far as the directing goes for the show anything of relevance that has direct impact on the outcome of the storyline is never shown to the audience now i use the word never and that might not be fair but well, how on about, a regular basis, like all of the important things happen behind the scenes so that whatever we are watching as an audience actually has no direct impact on the outcome of events because it's happening in a part of the story that we as the audience are not allowed to see, well, which that's... means that we're basically shown. Sorry, Pat, I'll finish no, this. No, just no, I'm, for sorry, the I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That's what yeah. I um, so the parts that the audience is shown is entertaining but isn't relevant directly to the plot and i find that to be intellectually offensive to me as a participant and an audience member of the story i want to know the things that are happening so that i can be part of the unfolding and not just surprised time and time again by events that happened that I had no way to be prepared for or to even understand in a logical, you know, chain of events or anything. So okay. that's now, just my personal beef like with the artistic surprised. style. Well, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure I agree with your stance because are you... Is your stance about the backstory? Like, we don't see the backstory and we only get that in snippets? Or do you mean the overall... Well, like, like, okay. So, an example of it. And there's a lot of times that this pops up. But the one that I feel is a really good representation... Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Right quick, if you can't guess, this is the last season of Game of Thrones. And so, in order to discuss it, past this point, there will be hella spoilers. So, if if you still are trying to binge watch Game of Thrones before the final season and don't want to hear spoilers, go ahead and pause it here and then come back to us and then pick it back up. Alright, right, go for it. So I think a really good example of what I'm saying is the Red Wedding. In the Red Wedding, we're subjected to the events that happen when the family's brought together and they're you know, in that keep, I can't remember everybody's name, so I'm not going to try to sound like an idiot when I already do naturally. Um, but the Red Wedding, all the Starks, everybody, they get murdered. And it all has to do with the fact that there was this secret alliance that was happening between the Lord of that keep and the enemies of the Starks. And all that happened back there. And I don't have a problem with any of that. Okay. Well, it wouldn't have never, My wouldn't have never point, happened if Rob would have actually married his his daughter like he agreed to in the first place but there was no inclusion of foreshadowing or indication on any other scenes that any of that stuff was even remotely happening and so because of that it had more of a sense of uh des machina rather than an actual development of the plot okay i at that point i will disagree because i felt like 
it felt like what would actually happen if you were part of a plot of assassin assassination. I'm quite sure to Abraham Lincoln and JFK, it felt like just Makada when their heads got blown off, but it wasn't. I mean, stuff was happening behind the scenes that they, that they just weren't privy to. So from my point of view, it made it feel more real and I felt like the writers respected respected our intelligence by not having to hold our hand and lead us through all the heavy foreshadowing so we knew it was coming, right? And so now it seems like only the characters are idiots because how come they can't see all this foreshadowing that we're showing you by holding your hand? So I kind of felt like the nun hand holding actually respected us enough to be able to go oh yeah sometimes shit happens behind the scenes and then bad things happen to good people and they it's how it's how i took it's how i took it they also did there was a little bit of foreshadowing because twice i don't know if it was that season that was once in the season that season and then once in the season before that where they mentioned the that it was going to be bad if you married this woman against the other guy and now that you have a baby with this other kid, how is the other guy going to accept it whenever you already agreed, you know, to marry his daughter and stuff? This Things won't go well. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, I'll just go and I'm the king of the north. I'll just go and talk to him about it and we'll figure it out. And we all know what happened there. But in the books, I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot. They go a, a lot more into detail in the books. And it's way worse in the books. And I guess... To end, to end my point, one of my pet peeves in fiction is when the author or authors or writers or whatever feel like they have to hold the hand of the audience. Like you're not you're not smart enough or clever enough to read between the lines. So let us hold your hand and guide you through the narrative so you can see our genius. And that has always bugged me. And that's something I feel like we don't get in Game of Thrones or in my other top show, The Expanse. Anyway, Ryan, that's intriguing. I was not aware of that because it, it kind of goes to show how... Yeah, I've never heard that before. How people can see the same thing in two different ways and they're both legitimate. So, Thank you. I can definitely understand why that would be appealing because I hadn't seen it from your side as well uh, and I'm not saying that it's not an effective medium or storytelling technique because obviously as you said before it has won many accolades and awards I just find that it makes it hard for me to get invested into the story when I begin to suspect that the story I'm being told is smoke and mirrors and the real story is behind the scenes and so as a participant of the story, I would like to know what is going on and be part of it rather than get intellectually and emotionally invested into a story and then find that all of that was misdirection to what was really going on. I guess, well, I don't know. I, well, actually, no, I mean, that's a good point, but let me ask you, did you feel the same way whenever we used to watch the Battlestar Galactica? Because they have some of the same techniques in their in their storytelling that Game of Thrones does, but they can be, but they're even kind of, I mean, they're 
there were points in BSG that was pure dis machina. <laughs> I mean, they never explained how Starbuck came back to life. She just did. And then they never explained where she went. She just disappeared. <laughs> I mean, right. there was something BSG that was pure dust ex machina and they were like it just happens it's deep space is mysterious and they just kept it rolling so did you feel the same way with that the difference is is that in those types of situations they tended to be the exception the dust machina situation was something that would happen every now and then sorry would happen every now and then uh, almost as a miraculous event that nobody expected my problem is the way that Game of Thrones is portrayed is that everything is basically a plot that has everything that you are watching is something that is not directly going to have a final impact on the decision of the story. Interesting. I will have to say I would have to disagree but I have to prop you for having the backbone <laughs> to put that out there because it's it's hard to be that 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 one pebble trying to not go with the avalanche but um, yeah well i know the avalanche is gonna have a lot to say about it um and honestly i still appreciate that it is really well done acting the writing is still really good i just don't like the way they are putting it in front of us as an audience Especially and it got to just... a point that i just stop wanting to get invested with the characters when I knew that I wasn't really invested in the team that mattered. No, I mean, that's <laughs> that's fair. Like, art is subjective, and I've been of the opinion that if you feel something isn't made for you, why waste your time? <laughs> so Exactly, and there is so much good stuff out there, and I know that I'll probably eventually get back to it and finish watching it just because it's such a cultural phenomenon, and I do appreciate, will... you know, good art, especially fantasy. Well, Fuck, I'm a D and D three. Right, more fantasy right, as cause... it goes to, which I've heard. So I feel it... like maybe I just need to get it. Now that I've given, it's kind of like a breakup. We had a breakup for a few years, but then I get to see him and like, oh, you got five more seasons on you. Hmm, yeah, I've, pretty I've, good. I've really GOT. Show, probably three or You've four been working out. Now. Oh, and plus, to be fair, I was never a. Uh hardcore fan until my sister got me into it. Jen loves that show. And like I finally, Really? I, I would finally, not have suspected her no, to she, be that hardcore into no, it. She is Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead. <laughs> Those are her Oh now The Walking shows. Dead I will agree one hundred percent is amazing. But it has the same type of flaw of being a little too gory when it doesn't need to be that Game of Thrones has. But that's a whole nother issue. Well, so well, I know I'm a hypocrite when it comes to No, 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 that's <laughs> my my main thing was that was one of the things that kept me off of that too for a while with Game of Thrones. I was like, man, another rape scene <laughs> you know what I'm saying another <laughs> <laughs> super gory but the story kept oh and to and when the people who have been done wrong get their vengeance it's so sweet right it's mm, ah it's so sweet. Is there anybody left <laughs> so to sweet. get vengeance? <laughs> Maybe there's <laughs> yes, the little sister. You're right. And the boy who can't walk. Yeah. No, no. Oh, no, no. Like every yeah, every bastard that 
has it coming has gotten the nares except for the queen bastard not yet right like, they're all i guess i'm intrigued by the overall plot of the dead are coming we either band together or we're all gonna die but I also well, like all and the, that is kind of cool because stories. yeah, yeah, like, because they just, are such a twisted, horrible, self—you know—destructive right, because society the, that it right. would take something of magnitude like the dead rising from the end of the world for them to stop stabbing right, each other in the face. What happened was all of them have been trapped in the great game. They're trapped in the wheel of the Game of Thrones. And it can't be broken unless it's by an outside force. And the outside force is the Night King is coming. He doesn't give a fuck about your Game of Thrones. <laughs> he just wants to kill you all and make you part of his army. So it's it's intriguing to try and see human beings try to put aside their baser instinct and try to fight together when there's so much hate and resentment between all the sides. It's it's amazing. So I'm a big fan of the show. Well, you think you might have actually convinced me to pick it back up for the final hurrah. Oh, and also because I'm intrigued by the Battle of Winterfell. It's the big battle, and apparently it was so big and massive, every actor was like, man, that was horrible. We were broken. We were crying. We were so tired. And then they would ring the bell, and we had to go back on set, and it was all night shoots, all night shoots. We would go to bed at 6 a.m. We would have to wake up in a few more hours to get back in makeup and wardrobe. And then when the sun fell, we did it all over again. And like, they felt like we went to war. And like, apparently the Battle of, of Winterfell will be the longest battle scene in movie or TV history. And uh-uh. Like, uh-uh. You've never seen Dragon Ball Z. But that's okay. Continue. I guess none animated movie TV history. Because the the previous person the previous scene that held the crown was the Battle of Helm's Deep and the Two Towers. Ah. And apparently it goes past that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess that would be. I was thinking maybe Braveheart would have. Well, the, damn. So does that mean the entire last season is going to be the battle for Winterfell? Then I don't know. They're they're trying to be coy with it. I just know what I what I read at EW. But like, it's supposed to be the longest battle scene ever filmed in TV or film. And every actor felt like it broke their spirit and body to film it. But they're like, but you'll love it when you see it. But it broke us. <laughs> so, <laughs> but please so, love yeah. it. Please. <laughs> but, all right. So, tell me about the Umbrella Academy. Because I've actually seen about four, maybe five episodes. And it, like you said earlier, Pat, each episode gets better and better. The first episode, I was like, what the hell? The first episode. And it came on. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first episode did did enough to intrigue me to want to see where the story went. Cause exactly. It, it was slow. because it auto played to the second one, and I didn't right. feel like changing it. And I went right. Well, with right. Me, it was like this is kind of slow, but I because every character isn't really a good person, you know. <laughs> they're, they're kind of they're kind of fucked up. But I've always loved Ellen Page. And I was like, well. 
I kind of want to see where this goes. So I'll stick with it. And every episode built on that. But by episode four and five, I was like, oh, oh, that's why they went so slow in the first three to build the foundation. Oh, this is so awesome now. <laughs> so, no, but episodes four and five, I was invested and I was there until the end. And it paid off at the end. So, all right, well. well good, because I started watching it and I haven't gotten to the end. I've actually taken a break from it just because other stuff has been coming up, but it's on my to-do list to finish it up. But the last episode I saw, which is the one that made me go, okay, well done, Umbrella Academy. You got me. I'll be back later. It was the episode where the two, I don't know what they are, assets, agents, assassin, hitsmen. Yeah, assassins yeah. The, um, right. Agents of the commission. So yeah, the episode that really made me decide, okay, I like where you're going with this. I don't know what's going on, but I'll come back and check you out. Is the one where they're doing the dancing in the building with the fire. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I right, really right. was not expecting right. that scene to come. Right. And I was like, oh, oh, that's a good, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's funny. I like it. Uh, well epi- done. The episode that finally hooked me was the episode entitled The Day That Wasn't. And I was like, all right, I'm invested. <laughs> this this was an awesome episode. And I think it was preceded by the episode titled Number 5. But anyway, long think, story I short, that's episode guys three. and gals. I just started number five. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That seems like it was pretty close in the beginning. Long story short, it's a great series. It takes a while to get going, but after it does, you realize the reason why they had to go that slow, in my opinion. And it pays off in the end. And now I'm in, invested with the characters and the story and I want to see how it goes and really it's it's really a dark twisted mirror of the original X-Men pretty much is it? because I felt like it 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 felt more like Watchmen style storytelling to me but maybe you're referring specifically to like the characters yeah I mean you have a eccentric rich guy who brings together all these kids to fight for him and okay, so that's you, Xavier. You think about it. I mean, you have the X Men in this mansion who ha- who are going to school, quote unquote, but they're being groomed to be a paramilitary merc squad, pretty much <laughs> for Xavier. I mean, yes, they're heroes, but I mean, when you kind of scrape under the surface of what was happening. It kind of has a vibe of original X-Men with the kind of vibe of the Doom Patrol. Kind of, kind of, sort of. But it's an intriguing take about how living the life of a superhero, if you're not careful, can really F you up <laughs> in the end because it's not an easy life field to go into. Okay, so my follow-up question then is... Because I can kind of see it in my head, but I'd like your opinion on it. Who are the parallel characters? Who would be Beast, Cyclops, all that? I don't want to say because that could be a spoiler. So okay, all right, then we'll discuss that off. 
But yeah, uh, it took me a while to watch it because I, I kept seeing all my fellow geeks go, Umbrella Academy is awesome! But I'm currently in the middle of a binge rewatch of, of The West Wing. And I forgot how good that show was until I, I started to rewatch it. Aaron Sorkin in his prime could write his ass off. I forgot how good that show was. And I had to, to tell myself, stop this rewatch, sit down with the Umbrella Academy, and knock it out. So. Well, let me ask you, Marsh, of the episodes you've seen of the Umbrella Academy, what do you think about it so far? Well, I wasn't going to watch it because I really don't care for uh, Gerard Way or My Chemical Romance at all, which apparently is not a popular thing to say either. But uh, anything to do with time, time travel, time problems, gives me a fucking goddamn headache. <laughs> I thought that was just in games that you played. I didn't realize it was Pat's, literally everything this has to make to you. Fucked me over for time adventures on TV shows. <laughs> for movies for everything and everything because he've done he's done it so well that nobody else can can mimic the pure experience it. of it or because you've been so traumatized that you can't even see it okay <laughs> <laughs> it's it's because i've always felt i think too li linearly i think is what it is the time most, stuff just gives me a headache yeah yeah most most tv shows or movies don't really get into the mind-breaking aspect of time travel, especially if you use time travel as a weapon. And that's lethal. But, I, I mean, mean... Anyway, so... I mean, I don't know, because I didn't know anything about the show. I didn't know anything about the plot, the characters. So when the, it started, okay. Just, it was slow, whatever. They were explaining the kids, their flashback scenes here and there, and then the fucking, I forgot his name now, because I just started watching the show yesterday, but the talking chimpanzee. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll finish this fucking episode just so I say, I, just so that I can say I did. And then, I think it was that episode when Five came back, and I'm like, wait, what? Ta time? Yep. God damn it. But then, like Ryan said, I didn't feel like getting up. And it just switched over to the next episode, and then by the time I realized that that episode was over, and I'm like, well, it's fucking 8 o'clock in the morning, I need to go to sleep, because I gotta get up and podcast. The next thing I know, it's halfway, it's 8.30, and that episode's halfway done, I'm like, I, I gotta go to sleep. The, I mean, and then I still <laughs> almost fucking decided to sleep and not podcast, so I mean, I guess when I get home tonight... I'll watch some more, even though I probably should clean the house. <laughs> I, I like it, if it's what you're asking. it, It's pretty good so far. I can tell it's causing you to literally lose sleep. Yeah. And by yeah. the way, I was I was not aware that Barry J. Bly was a good actor until this show. <laughs> really? I could have yeah. told you that if you'd asked me. I mean, I don't remember seeing her in anything else. No, she's done that one. I think it was uh, back in the '90s where she was like part of a dancing troupe or some shit. Or yeah, but, yeah, right. But there you go. Back in the '90s, <laughs> that was two decades ago. By my, my homie, <laughs> way back in the day. 
well, um, well cool guys. Um, Alright, well, let's get to Captain Marvel. And I I heard Ryan's controversial take on Game of Thrones. So it's time for Marshall. Marshall, why don't you think Captain Marvel is for you? Which is fine. Not every movie is for everybody, but why not for you? I'm not going to get into it and make myself look bad on the podcast, man. Well, I mean, you kind of already did because I saw... No, I didn't. I saw... <laughs> oh, the poll? I saw your retweet on Twitter from the ABOG account, right? So... Which one is that? The poll that I took? Uh, yeah, the... No, the, the one where you said, I'm not, um, not going to go see it because it's, it's not for it's not for me? Uh, I took the poll and said, um, are you going to go see it this Friday or is the quote, this movie isn't for white males, in quote, stop you from seeing the movie? And the poll was yes, no, and I retweet way too much, so... Uh, will you go see Captain Marvel this weekend, or is the this movie isn't for white males affects your judgment? Yes, go Captain Marvel. Uh, boycott or boycott f the po- politics. We have twenty one votes, and sixty seven percent say yes. They're going to go and see it. Well, that's part of the reason why I brought it up because I saw that you have put it on the account, so I figured it was. Well, I'm just trying to get some interaction and stuff. I'm gonna start trying to do polls and stuff like that. But that's the biggest geek thing that's coming up. So, uh, Stan Lee's got a cameo in it, and Kevin Feige says there's one more cameo coming up in the next movie. Yep. So I guess Big that's game. Infinity. Infinity. Yeah. Yep. Then that'll be the last time we see Stan Lee in a Marvel movie. No, I doubt that. Um, odds are. Is he going to Tupac have... that shit, motherfucker? Well, no. I mean, they'll probably do it like they did him um, in Daredevil. They had his picture as a cop in the background of the cop station when Matt Murdock was in there. So I think they'll probably do things like that going into the maybe. future. Like, we'll see. Like maybe he's on a billboard with like, I drink this drink, or you know, he'll probably always be somewhere in the background. Kind of like that. Fair enough. I dig and it. I've been reading very, very mixed reviews on this movie, so I think I'll wait to see if it's going to be really good. Wait, so how can you wait if you didn't go see it? I didn't say I would see it in the theaters. Ah. It's not coming on Netflix. It'll be the first movie that starts the streaming app for Disney, so... That's right. Um, Disney Plus, which I'm going to have to get, because I need so my I, Marvel fix and my Star yeah, Wars fix. Say, which means I probably won't see the movie, because I don't buy the DVDs. There's no point. But yeah, I have about a DVD since Black Panther. Was that a shameless plug? No, no. I, I was just trying <laughs> okay. to think, like, when was, when was the last time I bought a physical yeah. DVD of anything? Because I just tend to stream whatever I want, so. Uh, the last DVD I bought was a gift to my girlfriend because I just knew we wanted to see it and it wasn't on Netflix. I didn't want wait around and I just thought it would be a nice little surprise for us which it was but I've recently and here's your here's your ABOG public service announcement boys and girls save yourself some money go out and support your local library they don't just have books now they have DVDs 
and graphic novels. You can even find libraries that have real comics that you can go and rent. Save yourself some money and keep these last bastions of art, science, and creativity alive in our society, which is rapidly going down the drain. I wouldn't go that far, but I do agree with trying to keep alive libraries. So yeah, if you like Marvel, go see the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess speaking of that, I'm looking forward to it. Like I've I've been I'm intrigued to see where they're going with this, having it set in the mid nineties, having a young Nick Fury, having a young Phil Coson, how she actually encountered the Kree from so from so far back when their first appearance in the MCU from our perspective was in Shield. Um, the fact that I can actually see real life scrolls on the big screen, man. <laughs> the first alien race Marvel ever had finally on the big screen. Nah, I'm pretty hyped. Well, tell us how it is after you get back then. I plan to, because that would be, it comes out this Friday, so I mean, because you, time... know, you know how much I love the cosmic Marvel universe. Yep. And like, and one of the bad guys is Ronan, the accuser. I mean, come on, man. This is Taylor Bay for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it comes out this Friday. So that's when I'll be going. And I will let y'all know next podcast because that'd be next week. Oh, because so far, the only Marvel movie I have not seen in the theaters was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, I just saw that. Like, last weekend. Yeah, basically me too, like, last weekend or the week before that, but I just saw it as well. Because, like, I mean, I like Get Man at Scott Lang. It was okay. Yeah, it was was fun, which I've yet to see. Let me think. All All the MCU movies have been fun. I don't, I've never felt like I was trying to get through a slog when I was trying to watch it. Except for, there were parts of Thor, The Dark World, that felt kind of like, uh, okay, I get it. Get to the next scene. Which is hard for me to say because I love Thor, but that was an oddly paced movie. But uh, That's actually the one I haven't seen. It's pretty good. I good. actually just, feel like just, I need to see it. I mean, I have a lot of references from past movies about some of the big twists that happened, but I yeah. still want to see it for myself. I mean, it's, it's still good, but like, I guess my two pet peeves were, it was kind of oddly paced so there were parts that kind of dragged and they never let Thor be Thor like the only movie where Thor actually cut loose was, was in his third one Thor right in the rock and then in Avengers Infinity War that's when you saw Thor be Thor but like they never let him be Thor in the first two movies <laughs> like this guy is really powerful no that's not true in the first movie when they went to the realm of the ice giants he flexed. So I guess it was really only a Thor the Dark World where I was like, this guy can do more than fly and throw a hammer and shoot lightning. He can control the weather. He can bench press a 747 without breaking a sweat. <laughs> Let this guy flex. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm a Thor fan. But, well, they went wrong at that. They did not go wrong with Spider-Man Homecoming. Some some movies don't show how strong Spider-Man actually is, but they did in that movie, and I thought that was cool. So, 
Never, anyway. Never saw it. Homecoming is a great... Yeah, I've it's, heard. It's really great, Marsh. So, yeah, so... um, I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel. Higher, further, faster, baby. We were supposed to be talking about role-playing and stuff, but since we're 45 minutes in, I don't guess that's happening. No, actually, after you brought up the Umbrella Academy, and then I remember about the Game of Thrones trailer, we can save the role-playing stuff until later. We do have a request to uh, talk about our Marvel game. Really? For who? Joe. Really? Said it reminds him of his old D&D games. I guess because we got so much history with our characters. Okay. Well, uh, that could be... Actually, may I interject? First of all, you'll have not asked the third wheel his opinion on the Marvel game. <laughs> Good callback, Brian. Secondly, Go for it. since next week we'll actually be on the epilogue of the current story... Actually, this week, sorry, yeah. will be the epilogue for the current story. Next week's podcast, we could kind of talk about everything up to the end and how it wraps up, you know, at a certain point. It might be a really good subject for that podcast. That's, that's, that's cool, that's too. Fun. It could be uh, the All Marvel podcast next week, our game at Captain Marvel. Don't y'all hear that sound? Squeaky, squeaky, squeaky. Ah, here he comes. That third wheel. All right, right. Give us that opinion. Hashtag. Hey, guys. It's three. me, Mystic Mojo. Can I talk now? <laughs> Gee, Wilker, thanks. Go for it, third wheel. You're our favorite. Whee! I found some stuff to isolate this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm not someone who knows a lot about Captain Marvel. Um,. Uh, I know she's a badass, but I don't really know too much about her backstory. Um, I do know of her relationship with how Rogue comes about yeah. and gets her powers. Yep. Uh, but uh, which I which I actually thought was a pretty dark. It was dark. Background. It was for hella Rogue. dark. <laughs> it was hella dark, man. Yeah. And it. But other than that, I wasn't really. I'm not aware of her, you know, feats or exploits or anything that she's particularly done so this will actually be a new storyline for me to get into which i'm actually excited about um i think it's really awesome that we are as a society slowly grinding towards a more egalitarian um society and a lot of those changes happen in entertainment and art and yep. first before it happens in the rest of society so seeing you know wonder woman uh you know all the wonderful badass actresses in um, Black Panther and just yada 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 you probably know more references than I can list off right now but the point is is that I really like the idea that um, we're giving women more starring roles more powerful uh, positions and that the stories are being written about them because obviously this is a story that Stan Lee already wrote decades well, actually, ago uh, no I'm actually the person who created uh, Captain Marvel she was called Miss Marvel when she was introduced, but she was created by, I believe, Chris Claremont? Hang on, we should probably look that up, but it, it was not Stan Lee, actually, who did it. It was um, somebody... Um, created by writer Roy Thomas. Roy, thank you, Mar Roy Thomas. Oh, right. Chris Claremont took over the title and started to put it in a more... Yeah, okay. Yeah, the two... Big writers at the time were Roy Thomas and then 
Chris Claremont took over the title and then her resurgence in the Martin era where they came from Kelly Sue DeCormick I, I can never say her last name 1977 is when she resurfaced my birth year mm-hmm. alright right, sorry go ahead yeah that's way more information than I was aware of so yeah so I'm excited about finding out what stories are going to be told and who Captain Marvel turns out to be um, both you know in an iconic sense and as a character and I'm a little bit different from Marshall I actually very specifically ignore social commentary and critiques and, and critics about various art forms regardless of what it is whether it's movie tv whatever and although i'll hear about it because you know unless you are completely cut off from the world you're always you're you're going to hear about social opinion on different things that come up in the conscious but i generally just pick what i want and go see it and check it out and make my own decisions and i found a lot of times my opinions are usually the opposite of what the critics are I find yeah, I mean, the critics don't tend to share my point of view on what I feel is good art. Yeah, and that's why I tend to go dark when I'm like, you know what, I actually really want to see this movie. I'm going to stop trying to look at what other people are saying. That's so kind I of an get... impossibility from running this geeky podcast websites and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of all in my face. I can't help it. Right, yeah, I imagine. <laughs> to, to keep with the uh, Mr. Influence hashtag, I have to stay on top of it. Which, by the way... Last time, when the Mr. Influence thing was going on, I, it said that Marshall accounted for 23% of podcast stuff. I'm up to 35 now. Woo-woo! 35% Time. of the fucking world knows about pot Marshall for some fucking reason. And it's not just Marshall, That's it's how... Nas Inc. Marshall, so it's weird that way. Which I'm not going to put in the podcast, so. That's how you earn the hashtag, baby. But all right, um, well, guys, we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I think this has been, I think this has been a great podcast. I don't know. I feel like it was low energy on my part. One well, of the guys, your part of one of the guys who listened said that uh, he listened to a few episodes. There's a huge difference between episode one and episode sixty-eight, our three-year episode. He said the only thing y'all need, and it was kind of insulting but he didn't mean it as an insult he said what y'all need is somebody on the podcast that's quick witted and funny <laughs> <laughs> how, how the fuck is that not an insult because man? he wasn't meaning as, a, as an insult he just thinks that he meant that we're dumb well, and we need no, somebody that, funny that, and that smart be, that's that all be, that's the only that, element of so, this so, podcast so, so that we're it so like, that was slow we're almost there baby but not funny <laughs> we need to have like a comic relief guy is what it what he said so this episode and a scientist what, what i planned on doing was just cutting up through the whole episode but i'm fucking too tired <laughs> well i guess I uh, guess I will take that backhand a couple bit as it was intended. Yeah, because I'm like I don't, I don't and find out who this man is. I, I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> start I'm ragging gonna... on him on every podcast from here on out. Nah, man, we love our critics. They keep us, they keep us honest. They make us strive for our best. All right, all right, cool. Well, 
Well, guys, um, that this has been another episode of Always Bet on Geek. Thank you for taking the time to hear our inane ramblings. Um, this has been your Philly Neighborhood co-host, Pat, down here in the capital city of the Magnolia State. Um, and, as always, the squeaky, 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 the coming of the third wheel. Rye, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm rolling up in this house now. How's it going, Mystic Mojo? Happy you came along. Thanks so much for everything. This is the energy I should have had for the whole show. <laughs> fuck that noise. <laughs> but do thank you for joining us. And we hope to hear, see, and know y'all <laughs> next episode. Marsh, take it away. <laughs> fuck that quick-witted and funny shit. <laughs> is trying to recover you can always find us at always bet on geek on twitter always bet on geek at gmail.com and marsh will tell you all the other spots i didn't hear the spot that you were even saying <laughs> if you, if the three of us aren't listening to us how the fuck is anyone else expected to <laughs> well i realized that I go ahead forgot once again to talk about my boy the speculating nerd but i was looking at his uh I'm trying to find his fucking Twitter account so I can give it correctly. And since we didn't give the shout out last week, he sent an audio. He's uh his name is Neo. Or he goes by Neo, I don't know what his name is. At Speculating Nerd. He's a really good writer. <clears throat> he does a lot of good fan fiction stuff. But yeah, there you go, Neo, my bad dude. And then Big Joe for the audio he sent that we didn't get to listen to because he was late on the audio. Big Joe! Oh, Joe, that was a hilarious skit you did. That was really funny. <laughs> Actually, if I may say something, I was personally touched that I was the subject of his roast. It actually made me feel... And it was funny as fuck. So I guess I'm saying thank you for including me. <laughs> thank you for roasting like and insulting me real good. I was must appreciate it. Dude... That shit takes time and love. That's that's mad respect. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at SquishyNosInc and all the other places, but who cares about me? Just find Always Bet on Geek. Always Bet on Geek. We have a YouTube channel. We have five videos up. Go subscribe. I promise we'll have more shit coming up pretty soon. And I promise they won't all be reaction videos we will be doing other stuff <laughs> always bet on geek new pod world order that's all you need to know y'all have a good one and on that note we out
in the morning with the yearning for herbs. The sun ain't even up, man. This shit's absurd. I just saw you last night. You should have copped a bag of two. It makes you think I want to hop on my bed to serve you. Bro, chill. Real shit, man. I got 220. How you call yourself a hustler? Better get this money. Better yet, make it free. That means a 60. But I always bring you money. Can I get it for 50? That's that bullshit. Remember that you owe me $50 last time you got fronted. You smoking so much shit that you forget. That's why I told you last week I don't like giving out credit. Choking on sativa, indica, put them in that couch, they not leaving. I don't care where you go, but get the fuck up out of here. If you ain't got five on it, bro, disappear. He dabbled with the dabs, but, but he, he got, got a little, little fear. Got beat up for the re-up money spent on gear last year. Oh, man, come on, man, don't even go there. You know I ain't like that. I always come through. I'll give you that $10 on Friday, bro. I'm just trying to smoke some. Let me put you back there. Shove off your whole blunt in the chest Another nerve that has the ass to the left Who the pass? In your cypher stealing everybody like that And the roaches out the ashtray, yes Who the pass? Couch sitting forever, never bitching Let her roll up on delegate to death Who the pass? Hide your blood from the marijuana bug Cause they always on the chase and never rest Who the pass? Now pass the side that wanna ride and wanna chill Getting on my nerves, for real it's real Soon as I flick my lighter, put the flame to the touch I look up, there you are In my face like, what's up? Damn, bro, what you treating me like this, bro? We family, plus you can't do this shit to people. Come on, bro, why you mad? I was down to my last. think that you be mad? I smoked on your secret stash. What, fuck? What the hell, man? That was some exclusive shit I purchased from Thailand. That I was saving for a special occasion. Had a date with this amazing Asian. She was blazing. But now you done fucked it all up for me. Smoking on my grams like a chimney. Oh, Jiminy. Crickets, that's some bitch <laughs> what? Fuck, yeah. what? You got something to say? Can't even enjoy my edible without you wanting to taste. Better be happy with that dirt weed. Give me some space. Looks like the gravel from your grandma's parking place. Yo, man, take your dirt weed and get the fuck up out my face, man. Try to hang your bullshit. Man, we go way back, bro. You know, relax. Step up your whole blunt in the chest. Have their nerve to pass the ass to the left. Who the pass? In your cypher, stealing everybody like that. And the roaches out the ashtray, yes. Who the pass? Couch sitting forever, never pitching. Let her roll up on delegate to death. Who the pass? Hide your blood from the marijuana bug. Cause they always on the chase and never rest. Who the pass?